his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God, set aside by God and for God. Amen? From my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. Heavenly Father, as we come before you right now, God, we just thank you. We praise you and we honor you, Lord, for this beautiful day that you have given us to celebrate you being our God, to celebrate our soon coming King, Jesus, the Savior of the world. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought each and every person here today at Gethsemane, God, collectively as a body of believers to worship and praise and honor you, God, and to hear your word. Father, we pray that you would continue to shower us with your presence. Continue, Lord, to just move, God, in each heart among each person that's here today. And Father, most importantly today, I pray, God, that everything that's done and everything that's said, Lord, would be to honor and glorify your great name. Father, and that all eyes would be on you. All ears would be attentive to you today. And every heart would be obedient, God, to your ever-beckoning word. So, Father, we praise you. Thank you once again for the opportunity to be here today, to be a part of the living God, to praise you while we have breath in our lungs, to do what your word commands us to do. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask all these things and thank you supremely today, God. And all God's children said, Amen. 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 Turn around and give your neighbor a handshake. Give him a hug. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. 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 Shut that right for me. Amen. If you're glad to be here, say amen. 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 It's an honor to be in the house of the Lord. Give me just a minute here. We'll get this straightened out. Got too many, too many buttons, too many turns. Again, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. If you're here today, you're, you're privileged to be able to hear the first message on a sermon series that God has given to me entitled, Guard Your Heart. Amen? Guard Your Heart. I was telling several people here uh, this past week about this message and what God's been laying on my heart about it. And it's a, uh, it's a very intense um, study that we're going to be looking into. It's very challenging. And uh, it's going to cause you to question uh, your walk with the Lord. It's going to cause you to question what you think about certain things. Uh, I think it's one of the things we really need to start looking at. See, it's not about just coming to the house of God, right, and being seen. It's not just about coming to the house of God, right, and lifting our hands and praise and worship and all those things, although that's part of it. It's not just about what we hear here, what we take out there, and all the stuff that we think about when you think about church. But this message here and what we're going to be talking about is dealing with the individual themselves. Amen? When he talks about guarding your heart, He's not talking about the physical heart when he speaks of this in the book of Proverbs. He's talking about the soul of the individual. See, God's not really concerned about the muscle that we call the heart. He's concerned about the person, the soul that he placed in each one of us. So when he says that to us, to guard your heart, in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, this translation says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So what does it mean to guard your heart? 
It literally means to stand watch over your soul. Amen? To stand watch. When somebody says to guard something, it means that you are going to stand watch over it, right? And make sure that nothing happens to whatever it is that you're trying to guard. Is that right? One particular... what you are talking about so today that's the focus that we're going to be looking into is diligently guarding your heart diligently watching watching over your soul I read you a passage of scripture here in Judges chapter 16 to start off this is a familiar story we're going to read it here in just a second uh, of, of two individuals here this was a judge the last judge that the Bible mentions uh, in the Old Testament and his name was Samson and we all know that Samson was a mighty man of God. He'd done some pretty marvelous things for God, but he also done some things that he shouldn't do. He didn't guard his heart properly, right? There's a lot of folks today, right, in the house of God. There's a lot of folks today around this world who are doing things for Christ, in the name of Christ, but they're also doing things that they know they shouldn't be doing, right? So they're not guarding their heart. Samson was a man of God. He tells you that in his word, right? In the word of God, he said, I was a Nazarite, which simply means that he was set aside by God. This is why he had long hair. It wasn't because he was cool. It was because he was a Nazarite. Jesus had long hair for the same reason. He was born a Nazarite in Nazarene, set aside for God and the work of God. So here we see Samson done a lot of marvelous things for God, but he failed miserably along the way. It says here that as he was there, that this lady approached him, and he was vexed by her. He loved her, right? He was infatuated by her, I should say. When you think about this story, she must have been a pretty, a pretty awesome-looking individual, for Samson was just mesmerized by her. And so the Philistine army comes to her and says, Listen, we need you to tell us about his strength so we can destroy him because, see, Samson was a thorn in the flesh to the Philistines. Then what, no matter what they did, they could not defeat him. They could not defeat the Israelites because God's presence was with Samson. So they said to her, look, if you'll find out what his power is, then we will give you X amount of money for doing so. And so she set her heart about trying to find out what that was. And the Bible says here that I read to you in verse 17 that he told her all of his heart. He exposed his heart. He exposed who he was, he absolutely let his guard down. Amen? He let his guard down. And carefully, church, you and I should watch that we not let our guard down because the Bible says that Satan, the enemy of our soul, is walking to and fro in this earth seeking whom he may devour. Is that right? And what happens is, is we get so, so wrapped up in our walk with God that we fail to realize that we have to guard and watch over our soul it's not something that when you first get saved, you can just get up and walk away and never think any more about it. Because Satan's going to continue to come and knock, continue to seek cracks in your armor to find a way to get to your soul to cause you to fall. Amen? And so you see Samson here, he had many times, he'd done things that was not right, but God's presence stayed with him. And I'm sure Samson walked around each and every day like a lot of us do. I've done this myself. Well, you do something wrong, you slip, you make a mistake. That's what we call sin today. Amen? Look, you never say, we, that's true. 
You ever heard anybody say, I sinned today? Most people say, I made a little mistake. Is that right? I, I, I slipped a little bit. We can call it what we want to call it. That's just glamorizing it because it makes us feel good. The reality is God said it was sin. And no sin shall enter into... <laughs> Preacher, I don't believe... Well, you believe it or not, that's what the Bible says. No sin shall enter into heaven. we got to be careful that we don't let our guard down. Because, look, as I said to you, Samson done many things, done a lot wrong. God stayed with him, so he just thought, well, God loves me. He's not going to do, he's going to let nothing happen to me. If I do wrong now, nothing happens. I'm going to do wrong again. Nothing happens. I'm going to do wrong again, right? So we just keep doing those things because God didn't come right down and strike us where we stand. But I want to give you a warning as we're talking about guarding a heart. The Bible says to be sure for your sin will what? Finds you out. What's done in darkness comes to the light. Amen? Good. Yeah, y'all know it shouldn't be too hard to talk about. So guard your heart, he says, because all because everything you do, rather, flows from it. Let's go into Judges 16. We'll get into this message. Judges chapter 16, verse 4 through 19. Judges 16, 4 through 19. <clears throat> the Bible says, it's a little bit of reading, but we'll, we'll, we'll try to hurry through it. Afterward, it happened that he loved, speaking of Samson, a woman in the valley of Sarek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him and afflict him, and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver." So the Bible says in verse 6 that Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. I want to back up to verse 6 just a little bit. You know, we always say that, that Satan is cunning, right, and that he is slick and he slides in, right, and we don't even realize he's done it. But a lot of times, Satan don't have to be slick and cunning because we're not paying attention. He absolutely stood right in front of Samson and said, I want you to tell me where your strength is so I can destroy you. And Samson wasn't paying attention because he let his guard down. He didn't sleep, slip in. right? He touched Delilah's heart to ask him exactly where his strength was. Is that right? Now, that doesn't look like he eased into anything. He just absolutely said, I want to know where your strength is so I can destroy you. But he did it through somebody that Samson was infatuated with. I want to warn you today, church, Satan will use your family members. He will use your friends. He will use your coworkers. He will use your band members. He will use your small group leaders. He will use your preachers. He will use your teachers. Whatever means necessary to find out where your strength lies so he can destroy you. Satan's not going to come at you and I if I don't have a problem with alcohol. He's not going to threaten me with Jim Beam because it doesn't mean anything to me. I have no desire for Jim Beam. Looking at me, you can tell I have a desire for fried chicken. That's a whole nother thing. Amen? Is that right? He's going to tempt me with things like that, banana pudding, whatever it might be. See? Look, crack has no effect on Mark. 
But listen, that chicken crack casserole that Sister Heather makes, and that's the name of it. Crack, crack, what's it? Chicken crack. If you've ever ate it, you need to go to CR. It is addictive. Amen? He's going to come at you and I with things that bother us, that tempt us, right? Remember, he's like a roaring lion sitting back waiting on whom he can devour. Lions, if you'll watch them, are kind of lazy animals. They don't just go out there and attack the whole herd because they know that is futile. They sit back and they watch the tendencies of the flock. Satan sits back, and as you and I pulled in this parking lot today, he was watching your tendencies. Right? You had the music on in the car, and that song you heard at the club last night came on, and it reminded you of whatever you were doing at the club. Brother Garfield, he was in the club. <laughs> y'all, I ain't lying, he was, y'all saw him. He's in the club. Right? So he watches your tendencies as you went and turned that music up because it reminded you of what you were doing at the club. Amen? See what I'm saying? He, he watches us and our tendencies, and he watches those that are weak. Can I get an amen? amen. And when you, get, you let your guard down, you start getting weak, and the church goes here, and we start falling behind. Right? We're still, we're still going through the motions, but we've kind of fallen behind. Is that right? When that, that lovely lady or lovely man walks in front of you and you're in the middle of Publix doing nothing but getting your oatmeal and they walk in front of you and you turn your head, right? And then you turn, and you turn back again and you go, wait, 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 guess who saw that? Amen. So he's going to tempt you with things that he knows is your weakness or what bothers you, but sometimes he's not real subtle about it. He's just going to jump out there and throw it right at you and see what you're going to do. Because we're not guarding our heart and we're not paying attention, he can step right in front of us and slap us right in the face and we don't even recognize it. Amen? <laughs> because it was done in the name of this woman with big blue eyes and big old eyelashes that he loved. I don't know if she had blue eyes or not, but that's how I see it. Right? And surely she wouldn't do anything to harm him. Right? And Delilah asked him, what is it? where your strength lies so we can afflict you. Gosh, run, y'all, if that ever happens. Samson says to her in verse 7, if they bind me with these seven fresh bowstrings, right, he'll lose his strength. In verse 8, so the lords of the Philistines brought up seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now, now men were lying in wait, saying, or staying, I'm sorry, with her in the room, and she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson, man, Get up. They're about to get you, right? They're about to attack you. But he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire, so the secret of his strength was not known. It goes on to say in verse 10, Then Delilah said to Samson, Look, you have mocked me, right? Come on, man, you have lied to me. You've mocked me and told me these lies. And she says, Now please tell me what you may be bound with. I mean, she's just begging him to tell her, what his strength is. And so he says to her in verse 11, If they bind me with securely with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. And of course, you know the story. They went and bound him. And she says to him again, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And men were lying in wait, staying in the room. But he broke them off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. 
Tell me what you, may be, what you may be bound with. And he said to her, If you weave the seven locks of my head into the web of the loom. And so she wove it tightly with the batten from the loom and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled out the batten and the web from the loom. So she continued, Satan will not give up, guys. He's not going to give up. Just because you got past him this time does not mean you can let your guard down and think he's not going to get you the next time. Amen? You need to be secure in Christ. Amen? I'm not telling you here today that being a Christian is difficult because it's not. I hear preacher after preacher say that. It's hard to be a Christian, right? And Oh, it's difficult being a Christian. It's not. It's harder not being one than it is being one because if you've got Christ in you, you're more than a conqueror, the Bible says. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But if you don't have him in you, you will be destroyed. We're no match for Satan. But with Christ, you can do all things. He's not going to let up. He's going to be persistent in his pursuit of you and I. So we need to be persistent in, our, in guarding our hearts. So it comes to pass here in verse 16. When she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. That he told her all of his heart and said to her, No razor has come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. And I have sh- and I, I am... And if I am shaven rather, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak like any other man. Listen to this. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all of his heart, she knew it to be so. He let his guard down. Amen. He gave up on God. He sold out for the things of this world. Amen. When she realized that he had told her all of his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all of his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up and brought to her the money in their hands, and she lulled him to sleep. Amen. The church has been lulled to sleep by Satan in the form of sin has changed. Amen. Sin's not what sin used to be. It's okay to do those things. God hasn't destroyed you yet. Isn't that what Satan did with Adam and Eve? Right? Surely if you eat of that fruit, Brother Ron, it's not going to destroy you. She took one bite and God didn't zap her dead where she stood. Right? 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 So so the reality is we just think that, well, things are going to be okay, right? It's okay. Maybe it's okay to shave the locks of my head. Maybe he thought it's okay. God hasn't destroyed me yet. So this is what's happening in our world today. It's what's happening in our churches and our own lives. Things that we used to think were sinful, we think are okay now. Right? Because he's rocking us to sleep like a baby. Satan's just caressing our little, our little egos. Amen? He's just caressing you're somebody, right? You're who you want to be. If you want to identify as a brick, Around this baptismal, you can become a brick. Praise God. It's okay now, right? It's all right. I heard one of the craziest things. I'm going to get in trouble here. But I heard one of the craziest things here just the other day where a school somewhere has recognized that people have identified in their school as being Furbies. Cats. And so 
cats are nonverbal, so it's okay in this school to be nonverbal, and I'll show you how much we, we agree with what you're doing. We have put kitty litter boxes in the bathrooms. Did anybody else see that other than me? Praise God, I ain't no one. Are you kidding me? You with me? I mean, Satan is just, he's just caressing us to sleep. Amen? Now, I'm not saying using kitty litter is a sin. I ain't never read it. Don't misquote me. But changing who you are, I would say is. Because the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God himself. And however he made you, he intended for you to be that way. Amen. Or he'd have told us in his word, it's okay if you want to become a brick. Right? I mean, I think I, I've been singing that to my wife for years. I'm a brick. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all know the song. Y'all been in the club too. Amen. I ain't always been a preacher. <laughs> and I ain't always looked like this. I was a brick house at one time. Now I'm just a brick. All right, back to the story. <laughs> so he told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has come to my head. And I've been a Nazarite for God ever since. And when Delilah saw it, she told him she saw all that she needed to see. I love this right here in verse 20. And he said to her, the Philistines are upon you. Or she said to him, you Samson. So he awoke, and get this, underline this. He awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had done what? Departed from him. Right? I've sinned and I've sinned and I've sinned. I love that song we sing. I've stood on this stage night after night reminding those who are broken hearted that it'll be all right. But right now, right now, I just can't. Amen? Is that right? That song we sing. Night after night, day after day, people stand on stages and they sing praise and worship songs to God. But all the while, when they're not at church, they're being lulled to sleep by God. They're taking their eyes off of God. Right? Because they just get up and shake themselves as they always have. God hadn't killed me yet, so I'm just going to kid up here and keep doing what I'm always doing. People ain't going to know what I'm doing, right? Is that right? It's okay. I think it must be okay because nothing's happened. Preacher after preacher stands in the pulpit on Sunday mornings or on Wednesdays preaching the Word of God and they're having an affair with somebody that you don't even know about. Amen? But God hadn't took them out of the church yet. Nobody knows about it. They're still getting a paycheck. Everything seems to be okay. So I'm working on stopping that. I got myself in a mess, but I'm working on it. It's going to take me a little time. Is that right? Preachers, song leaders, small group leaders, people in church, people outside of church, whatever it may be, we think that just because God hadn't killed us, everything's all right. And after all, I got up, I shook myself like Samson did. The presence of God was still there, so everything must be okay. But we don't know the hour or the time when the Bible says that His Spirit will not always strive with man. When you know something is wrong in your life, you've got to get it right because if you don't get it right and you die in that situation, you're not going to be right. Right? Look, let me, just, let me help you. Guard your heart. Right? This is why I'm, I hadn't even told you. We ain't even got into the message yet. This is good. So here's the thing. I, people, 
people continuously come to the altars and they pray and ask God to forgive them of their sins. But when they walk away, they continue doing the same things they were doing before they came to the altar. Now let me, let me explain to you what the Bible's definition of forgiveness is and salvation is. Salvation is a work of grace by God. When you come to the altar and you say, Lord, I recognize I have sinned against you because I have not been obedient to your word. Not what the government says or anybody else says about your word, what your word says. I have sinned against you and against your word. Forgive me and help me not to sin no more. Right? When you get up from there, you are facing this way. You are walked up to him in sin. When you ask him to forgive you and you turn around, you go the other way and not sin. Do you remember what he said? Jesus said it many times to people. Go and what? Amen. You can't get saved and still go and do those things, right? Because that's not salvation. If we get saved, we say we get saved, but yet we're still doing the same things. That's not salvation. Amen. You with me? We're not guarding our heart. You may get saved, but if you don't, if you don't, st- if you don't focus on God and get away from the things you were doing, you're going to fall right back into them again. You've got to guard your heart. Amen? Anything that the Bible says we shouldn't be doing, we shouldn't do it. Period. Amen? Samson knew better. He was taught by his mother and taught by others what it meant to be a Nazarite. There were things that they could not, they couldn't touch, touch anything that was dead. They could, no, no alcohol was supposed to touch their lips. They weren't supposed to touch a, a, a woman right outside of, of, of their race. They weren't supposed to do certain things, and he was doing every one of them. When the Bible says you shouldn't do it, you shouldn't do it. Amen? We've got to guard our hearts and make sure that where we are is where God wants us to be. And don't be lulled to sleep by Satan thinking that everything's okay. Right, that you can do these things and everything's going to be okay. It literally means to stand watch over your soul. Why should we guard our heart? First of all, because it has value and Satan desires it. Your soul has value. Amen? You are hand chosen by God, placed on this world and this earth to worship and praise Him and to tell others about His glory. That's why we're here. Amen? And Satan knows that. So he continuously tempts us to keep our minds and our eyes and our hearts off of what we're supposed to be doing. It has value. Your soul has value to God. It's his intent that nobody makes hell their home. There's a passage in the Old Testament that I read that scares me in part and saddens me in the other part when it talks about hell enlarging itself. You ever read that? The fact that it's enlarging itself should scare all of us. It lets us know that people are going there every single day. And they don't know Christ. Right? They, they, they might have had a form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. Samson had a form of godliness, but he denied the power thereof. He made a mockery of who God was. And in the house of God today, we as Christians and some of us Christians are making a mockery of God. Amen. I didn't get an amen. Amen. Maybe over here. That's what's happening. People are coming to church and they're saying they're Christians and they're carrying the name just like Samson, but they're doing ungodly things all the while thinking, well, I'll just keep going. God's going to forgive me of that. He does, but he intends for you not to do it again. You ever anybody ever say that? 
You ask him, you say, why are you doing that? You know that's not right. God forgave me. If he forgave me, you got to forgive me. <laughs> well, he does forgive you, but he expects you not to do it again. Amen. That's what he tells us. Amen. You have value. Your soul has value to God. As I said, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, you, are, you and I are a child of the king. We're not some peasant on the street. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Amen? You and I are precious to Him. The Bible says, in fact, that you and I are the apple of His eye. You and I are the crown creation of our God. Why? Because we're made in His image. He breathed in all of us. All of us have God in us. That's why Satan hates you. He don't hate you because you got that Mary Kay face that we all spend so much time on. We're more worried about our face than we are our souls. Amen? We're more worried about what we're wearing than what we're the armor of God that we should be wearing. Amen? We're concerned about things that this earth, the Bible says, are going to pass away one day. Right? But this soul's not going to. Right? It's not about all that stuff. It's not about how, you, how cute you look on that Instagram shot. Right? If you're like me, sometimes I try to get that best shot, right? And they get them lips. Hey, you see people do it. They go. They get them lips out there. and They got to get the hair just right. Take a hundred shots trying to put one of them on there. Man, good night. One more, concern, one more concern about all that stuff than we are who we are. Our soul belongs to God. And that's what He wants to see pretty. If you want to you get something pretty, get your soul right. Amen? Man, imagine if we spend as much time grooming our spiritual souls as we do our bodies, what would we look like for God? Amen? If we spent that much time worrying about our walk and our relationship with God, how much better would the church be today and how much happier would Jesus be? Amen? We've got it twisted. The world has lulled us asleep just like Delilah lulled old Samson to sleep because she knew that as long as he was there, they could not defeat the Philistines. Let me tell you something, guys. I get sick and tired of hearing people say how weak the church is, how weak the church is. The church ain't weak. The people in it might be, but the church is as powerful as it ever was. Amen? And God's church, look, Satan knows that as long as the church is here, he cannot defeat God. Amen? He knows he cannot defeat you and all these other people, right, that don't know Christ. As long as the church is alive and well, he has no hope of defeating God's children. Why? Because God's in us. Amen? Amen? Your soul has value. Jesus paid all for you and I. Satan wants all, but Jesus paid for all. If you don't think you have value, then tell me why the God of this universe died for you. you come on now. You have value. Otherwise, he'd have just let you go. Why should you guard your heart? Why should we guard our heart? Because it has value, number two. Because everything is riding on it, including heaven and hell and eternal life. Amen? Everything is riding on that. You should guard your heart because everything. And what did he say in Proverbs? Everything. All the issues of life come from it. Amen? Everything. That's why we should guard our hearts. 
Because our, the relationship our children have with God is riding on it. Amen? Whether or not your wife or your husband is saved is riding on it. Right? Amen? Whether this, whether that, whatever you want to think of, everything is riding on the fact that we are guarding our hearts and being who we say we're supposed to be. Amen? This world is hurting and people are hungry for God. Right? They don't know what to do. How are they going to know the Bible says unless a preacher preach or a teacher teach? How are they going to know if you and I don't tell them? How do you tell them? Just in words? No. Indeed. Amen? By the life that you live. We've got to guard our hearts that we don't mislead people. One of, the, one of the ugliest things that you'll ever see happening in a church are people who say they're one thing but doing another one. It is one of the worst mistakes whatever you want to call it, that anybody could do in the face of God is to stand up and say, Christian, but live like hell when they're not at church. That's one of the most dangerous things we can do. Amen? Amen? If you say you are, be that. Amen? Be that. Don't walk away from it. Be that. This is what Samson was doing. Everybody knew he was a judge for God. Everybody knew he was a Nazarite. Everybody knew that he was set aside by God. And for God. This was supposed to be the image of what God should look like. Samson. But when they looked at him, what they saw was the same things that they've been doing every day. This is the danger. Because people say to us, right, if we're Christians, we're to be Christ-like. Especially if you hold a position in this church or any other church. Amen. If you are a preacher, a teacher, a small group leader, whatever you are, you are the face of this church. But more importantly, you are the face of the living God. Amen? And when people look at us, this is, they say, this is what a Christian should look like. Brother Ron, this is why we should guard our hearts. Because when you give your heart to Him and you get saved, live that. Amen? Don't just talk it. Well, I ain't doing a whole lot wrong. I've just been dabbling in that. Dabbling is sin as much as doing it. Jesus said this. He said... That if you, as much as see it, think it, right, and do it, it's been done in your heart, right? The very act is no different than doing it in your mind and in your heart. If you think it, he said, you have sinned. Amen? Toying around with, playing around with, right? This is what Samson was doing. He was playing around with God. He was playing around with his salvation. That is not something we need to play with. We need to guard our hearts. That is playing Russian roulette spiritually. Amen? If you give your heart to God and you live for God, don't play those games. Because Satan will beat you. That's his game. Amen? Satan is a deception. He's a deceiver. It's what he does. You can't beat him at his game. He will beat you. And I promise you, light will be brought to that darkness. Amen. Here, Samson jumps up like always and said, I'm just going to do what I've always done. I'm just going to get up and preach and maybe nobody will remember it. Right? Let me ask you a question. If in the morning you get up and on Facebook, and I'm sure it would be on 21 or 7 or 4, something like this, you get up and I'm just preaching you this message today telling you how you ought to live, and I'm trying to tell myself how to live, and I'm being all holier than thou. And in the morning you get up and f plastered all over social media, 
is this little fat preacher up here being locked up for DUI in Lawrence County by my own son. And he would lock his daddy up, I promise you. And his mama. He'd think about it, but he'd do it. Amen. I know he would. He should. But here I would be, plastered all over social media, locked up, right, for DUI. I mean, just sloppy drunk. Had to get me in the car. I mean, it's one of them things where it's not like, well, maybe, you know, six, he's all right. No, I'm talking about just wasted, right? Bent, as they say. And so I get up here on Wednesday following that Monday morning, and I stand up here and start preaching, y'all, as if nothing happened. I don't mess up here going up. Maybe they won't know. Turn with me to Genesis. How effective is that going to be? Not at all. Right? See, my stuff got put out there on social media, so I've been caught. Right? But there's a whole lot of folks that are doing things because they ain't been caught. It ain't got on social media. It ain't got out in the public yet, right? It's still kind of under the table, so we're going to keep doing it till we get caught. Amen? That's bad and that's dangerous, right? And that's so, so bad to God and so disrespectful. Amen? We, we just don't respect God. Amen? Sister Elsie's teaching a lesson, the fear of God, right? We just don't fear him anymore, right? It's the, the fear of God's not that... Not that he hits you in the mouth or that he's the big boogeyman or I'm going to zap you if you do that. I'm going to kill you where we stand. That's not, that's not the fear he's talking about. The fear, as this fellow was telling us this morning through Sister Elsie's class, is being separated from God. That's the fear that you and I should have, that we don't have the love of God in our life any longer. Amen? Talk about disappointing to God. He has bestowed his son's word on each one of us. It's like a preacher. To be called to preach God's word is a tremendous blessing. It is a tremendous honor, but it's a tremendous responsibility. But to think that the God of this universe would think enough of me, who is a rank sinner, to say, I entrust you with the life of my son. Now, I want you to let that sit in a minute. That's all preachers are doing. It's telling people about Jesus. You, if you've been saved, you've been entrusted by God with his son to go and teach people about him. He said, go into all the world and teach all nations. Right? He, all of us have the great commission. Preachers, teachers, people that sit in the, in the congregation. To be entrusted with God's very best and make a mockery of it is dangerous territory. And we will lose if we're not careful. Samson wasn't paying attention. He didn't guard his heart. Stand watch over your soul, right, is what he's saying. Everything is riding on it, including yours and my eternal life. Look, I promise you as good as Delilah looked and as good as she smelt, and as soft as she was, and all those things. If you could go back and ask Samson, was it worth it, son? I could just about guarantee he'd tell you no. Amen? If you could go in hell today and open up hell and pick anybody in there and say to them, was it worth it? What do you think their answer would be? 
Now, come on, I know the world we live in. Well, preacher, I don't know. You know, hey, you know, we drama. Dr- 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 how you say that? Dr- dramatize. Thank you. Dramatize sin and hell. There's even songs written about, right? These things celebrating in hell with my buddies, and we're going to be drinking again one day, having a good old time in hell. And there's one song that says, if heaven ain't a lot like Dixie, I don't want to go. Is that right? If ain't a grand old, I pray like they have in Tennessee. Is that right? All that sounds good. But as my daddy said, that is your alligator mouth overloading your bluebird. Don't say it. Hell's a real place, and you ain't going to be drinking it up with your buddies, I can promise you. If you could ask people, they would tell you it was not worth it. Guard your heart. So how do we guard our hearts? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 is one of the best scriptures i found. I want you to pray for us. As you can tell, this is going to be an intense study over the next three or four, day, three or four services. It's really, it's really caused me to look at my walk with the Lord. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, how do we guard our heart? I think you could set your bearings to this. Finally, brethren, this is Paul to the church at Philippi. This is God's word to all of us. Whatever things are true, true. What's true? What is truth? Truth changes all times, right? Truth is now of the beholder, of the one speaking it. The only real truth that we have is the word of God. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, just say word of God after every one of these. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue or power, and if there is anything praiseworthy, Meditate on what? Amen. How do you guard your heart? By everything the Bible teaches us. Not what everybody thinks it should be, but whatever it says. Amen. That's it. We can't can't keep changing it to match our lifestyles. We have to live it the way it says it. See, the last time I checked, God didn't say, take this word and match it to your lifestyle. He said, change your lifestyle based upon this word. Amen? We can't make God's word match the life we want to live. This is what Samson was trying to do. He was not guarding his heart. He was not protecting his heart. Amen? At all. His mind was on what he wanted, not on guarding his heart. I want you to bow your head with me here this morning. I appreciate you taking time to listen to me stumble around a little bit this morning. But this is a an absolute it's an absolute beautiful word from God. I think very timely and very challenging. And it should make all of us stop and think about what we're doing. And I know preachers say this all the time, but this morning I have to say it one more time because it's fitting to what we're talking about. I really want you to give thought to your life right now and and, and search the, the hidden chambers in your heart. Now that takes courage to do that.
it takes courage to, to recognize and admit to yourself, right, that there's things there that are not pleasing to God, that you have let your guard down, and now they're, now they're in one of the rooms of your heart, and you're having trouble getting them out. You know, that's one of the things in this world, you know, if you leave your house long enough and somebody comes along and gets in it, they call it squatters. It's hard to get them back out of there once you get them in there. It is. It's the same way with sin. Once you let it in, you, it's difficult to deal with. It takes accountability, and that's a word we don't hear anymore. Take accountability for your actions. Grab hold of it, subdue it, and bring it before the Lord and ask Him to forgive you and move forward. So maybe that's you today. I don't know. Maybe you've let your guard down. Maybe you're toying around with some things, right? Maybe Delilah's just kind of caressing you, right? Satan's just caressing, right? The sin that you're doing. Get away from it as fast as you can. Turn your heart back to God, right? The Bible teaches us to look unto Him, the author and finisher of our faith. And He warns us clearly in His Word don't look to the left and don't look to the right reason for that is as long as you're following Jesus he's deflecting all the darts of the enemy and they can't get to you but if you take your eyes off of him to the left or the right he keeps moving and before you know it we've fallen behind to where we can't even see him anymore and now we're vulnerable to the attack of the enemy we are not guarding our hearts I'm going to open this altar up now if there's anything that you need from God if you're honest enough if you've got enough courage to say I have let my guard down, and I need God right, to forgive me of those things that I get back in right standing with Him. This is more important than any dinner you're going to eat here in a few minutes. This is more important than what anybody thinks about you sitting beside you. This is the most important thing. Remember I told you, your soul has value. Satan's counting on you right now. He's caressing some of his mind right now saying, oh, it's okay. It'll be all right. Nobody knows it. Just keep doing it, right? Nobody's going to say anything. He's just going to caress you until you walk out of here and you can take a deep breath and go, I was close. But the next caress you may feel, maybe your loved one caressing your head before they turn that ventilator off because you were in a car wreck when you left this building and you don't have an opportunity to ask him to forgive you pretty dramatic but that's the truth don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today the Bible teaches us that clearly today is a day of salvation what about it we're going to open these altars I'm going to pray with you come on guys if there's anybody in the building that would like to pray come on